Hello and thanks for joining us for the Sports Brief Podcast. If you're watching this video, uh, we got to be honest with you. Our microphone did not work throughout most of it for the for the first start of it when we did our episode with my uh, brother-in-law. So I do apologize for that, but hope you guys do enjoy the rest of the video and leave a like and a comment. And let us know what you guys think. So hello and welcome back to episode 93 of the Sports Brief Podcast. I think it's 93. Um, and we'll get into the great players that, uh, that are number 93 in just a second. But first, got to introduce a special guest, Jeremiah Davis, uh, my uh, uh, brother-in-law and uh, a guy that honestly, and this is not me just saying stuff here, honestly might know more about football than I do. Like for real, NFL, everything might know more about it. Jeremiah, it's good to have you on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So I really feel like uh, we got to start the show off because just broke a second ago uh, by – Adam Schefter, the trading for Devonta Adams by the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I'm told, or at least it's, it seems here, it will be at least for a first-round pick and um, uh, and two early picks in this next year's draft. I honestly don't even know how to take this. Uh, I really don't even know. I think, honestly, my, my heart's still going 100 miles an hour right now, to be honest with you. What's your instant reaction? I, at this point, I'm not surprised once he informed the team that he wasn't going to play on the franchise tag. Um, and then there's been a lot of whisperings and back and forth with Derek Carr. It's no secret that they were friends and that, you know, maybe maybe he wasn't going to play for Green Bay. So, Yeah, and I mean, I can't remember the stats off the top of my head, but those two in college at Fresno State were dynamite. Like, I think um, it was crazy. I'm, I'm pulling it up here now, but it's one thing, and I know that's not necessarily a fair assumption to bring that kind of production to the NFL, but if you just take a look at the stats here, a guy that had 38 touchdowns with Derek Carr in two years as a freshman and sophomore at Fresno State, then finally made the jump to the league there, but 38 touchdowns. I don't know what we can expect for in his first year with Derek Carr, but man, that is huge. I honestly still can't get, a, get over this, to be honest. I don't, I don't know and it's the AFC West too. It might be the most competitive division in all of football. By far, I think. Um, yeah, it's a copycat league. Look at the Burrow and Chase connection. Um, you know, with Josh McDaniels, I think Derek Carr isn't going to definitely get worse. That's for sure. And honestly, um, I feel like this is the last thing they need now. Um, I mean, they need corner help, but after this, but we'll get to their needs later on another day, but this is an absolute huge trade for, uh, for Devontae Adams. And I, I, I do think it was, in my mind, it wasn't necessarily, and I think this was going to be what we started off with for the most uh, surprising free agency, agency signings, even though it's in a signing, it's a trade, but still some of the biggest moves so far, uh, I, I honestly would say it's arguably one of the biggest moves, if not the biggest move in free agency so far. So obviously um, another signing uh, that might be um, kind of shocking in a way or the most surprising, uh, Chandler Jones. I didn't, like the Raiders are just after it this offseason. I, I don't know that it was shocking, but I felt like I really liked Unique Ngagwe. I also liked Max Crosby, and I felt like they made a really good edge rushing duo. duo. Unique Ngagwe was a guy that had, what, 10 sacks last year and was playing very well for him. Um, was a guy, wasn't a liability against the run, but it wasn't what he was. It, that he, his, he was a hand in the dirt. I'm going to go get the quarterback type of player. And now he's going to the Colts, uh, big time stuff there. What is the most surprising free agency signing for you? I'm going to have to say, just because it kind of came out of nowhere, as far as I was aware, was Von Miller to the Bills. I think, uh, I don't, you know, like like we've discussed, I, I think the Bills were right there. I'm not sure the Bengals would have beat them in the playoffs, and I don't think they beat them in the Super Bowl. And it's almost unfair that they go and add him at this point. But that is that is that is a really good point. And I actually had an asterisk next to this one. I mean, that's not how you say it. But this one, the most shocking thing for me about this was the fact that it was six years, $120 million. Now, I'm not going to disrespect the man. He is one of the greatest of all time. Von Miller is a guy that you put on the edge and you leave him alone and let him go get the quarterback for basically the entire season. But a guy that has over 115 career sacks, in what I want to say uh, it's been at least 12 years, 11, 12 years in the NFL. So for sure, Hall of Famer uh, one, I think he basically won Peyton Manning a Super Bowl. Let's call it spade a spade. But I feel like, I don't know, I, I guess what shocked me the most about it was it, I didn't think it was going to be that long of an extension or a, or a signing, excuse me. I felt like this was kind of one of those signings where you bring a guy in for the last two, three years of his career and he goes up and maybe signs a one-year contract with uh, 
the Broncos, you know, to retire there. And then it's over, but six years, $120, that's a lot of money for a guy that's already what, 32? I don't know. I mean, do you, I don't know. What, what's your what's your kind of thoughts on at least the, the money side and the, the yearly side of it? Oh, I was hearing he it was down between the Rams and maybe back to Denver. So mm-hmm. maybe the Bills had to make him an offer he couldn't refuse to get his attention. You know, he's kind of the bell of the ball. And um, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I could think of because you're right, 32 years old, that's a little long in that tooth, no matter mm-hmm. what position you play in the league. But uh, that kind of money, I mean, I'll get somebody's attention. So, no I mean, and edge rushers already get a lot of money, but to make him one of the highest paid edge rushers in the league, and it's not like you're getting a prime uh, Von Miller off the, off the top of his career. Like, he's not prime, but he's also, I mean, he's still really good. Let's not shortchange him, man. But I just feel like it wasn't very shocking. That was a really good. Now, the one other signing for me that I would kind of put in this category that, like, I expected him to go to a, like a team that was more put together at this point. Um, Brandon Scherf to the Jaguars or Jaguars, excuse me, because Brandon Scherf was a guy that throughout, I want to say like the last two, three, five years in Washington was just like, Hey, uh, put a winning team together or I'm out of here. Like that was the vibe I got from a guy like Brandon Scherf, one of the highest rated uh, guards in the league, according to PFF over the last several seasons. And now, I mean, you're going to a franchise in which you're not starting over. Like, they've got some things. Uh, they're getting protection for Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, they franchise tag was at Cam Robinson. They've got Scherf. Um, they've been spending a lot of money, which is something we'll get into a little bit later. But I just felt like that particular signing was – it wasn't out of left field necessarily, but it was one of those things. I expected him to sign with a team that was maybe in more of contention rather than a team that is, is clearly in a rebuild. Sure. Yeah, that was at least the other one. Any other signings you had? Um, not no. I got some notable releases. Um, as mm-hmm. far as signings, I do. You know, obviously, and I, I think you got that queued up for the next one here. But obviously, I like Chark on mm-hmm. a discount. Um, you know, he was the one I was hoping for, and he's the one they got. And it seems like they got him on a pretty good deal. I mean, mm-hmm. ten mil for a year. I think it's only counting against four four against the cap and I mean I don't think that solidifies the offense but it's definitely the piece they were missing now he's only one guy I expect him to add more in in draft but uh he he gets them further down the road in that in that regard so well yeah I mean this was a guy that in my mind had a, a thousand yard season um with the Jaguars I believe it was off the top of my head was it Gardner Minshew I don't remember who it was I had to be um because Gardner Minshew was actually really respectful with Jacksonville the point is he had a thousand yard season in Jacksonville. Um, and I think you know, that was there back in 2019 when they weren't great. So to be one of the only bright spots on that team, um, I'm actually really excited for the, for the Lions and that, because now you got a Monroe and Brown and you can tell me what you think about that. I think he's a superstar rookie in the making. And then you get DJ charge, probably get quarterback in the future moving forward. We'll talk about that in a second, but like, could this, that is actually a really scary wide receiving core right there. That's an equivalent to, I would, I would, say it's a diet version of Adam Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson maybe it's better what do you think I think they just this is a team that just had Marvin Jones Kenny Galladay and uh he's no longer in the league right now but um (laughs) sorry let me um he got traded to the Eagles then he went to the Giants uh you know what you're talking about about. Golden Tate oh yeah 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 I mean, that was a three-headed monster. I mean, all mm-hmm. those guys were one A, one B receivers, mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't. And that there's that was Stafford at the helm, and it didn't help. No. <laughs> but, so, but yeah, it, it beats the alternative. Um, yeah, Amon Ra St. Browns. He's. I think he's the real deal. I mean, with that with that quarterback on that team, and for him to come through like that, I think that shows a lot of promise. He's gonna. He's there to play. So. That's a, that's a really good point. I think the biggest thing for me is, so we've talked about it before, you and me, um, just face-to-face about how, okay, offensive line is set. DeAndre Swift, he can, if he can stay on the field, is actually a really good running back. You've got wide receivers. What's next? Um, and I feel like we can, you know, I, I hate to go off on a Detroit Lions, uh, you know, but why not bring off one? When, when you got a, a Detroit Lions fan, you go off on, a, on, the, on the Detroit Lions. Uh, so I just feel like, what do you think is next in this regard? Like you have, again, um quarterback i mean it's it's whatever the rest of these are all kind of okay but i think it's defenses in my mind that is the next big push 
Hell, we've seen get to the Super Bowl with subpar quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I was bunch today, just a list, but I think it was the 2000 Super Bowl. It was Kerry Collins and Trent Dilfer were the respective starters for the Giants and the Ravens, and it was all all the Ravens defense. Um, again, with Gruden, he won it in, I think, 2002 with Brad Johnson. Yeah. Uh, you know, even Peyton Manning's when he got that last Super Bowl, he they didn't win it because of Peyton Manning. So, mm-hmm. um, is I guess my next question is you you mentioned defense, which is huge, uh, because the Lions there's a list of Lions players like guys like Aleem McNeil that I, I believe they just resigned Tracy Walker, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as well. So like there's pieces there, but you've got the the Troy Lions have got a little bit of draft capital, a couple of first round picks here. Um, and, and like I said, I feel like they're going to get their quarterback in the future too. So I'm, I'm really excited about that now. Um, and we can, maybe the, uh, the lines fit into this a little bit, but now we're going to talk about NFL teams that are spending too much and NFL teams that aren't, or at least one NFL team in both regards that are spending too much and not enough money. Um, Jeremiah, what is one or my, what is one team you think that is spending way too much money? Obviously. I don't, I don't know if I need to say it, but the Jacksonville Jags, for okay. sure. I mean, you look at that Christian Kirk deal, and uh, it, it it nauseous. It's kind of reminiscent of a Trey Flowers deal. I mean, mm-hmm. you're tying that much money into a, I mean, second-tier player, I guess, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what's your future going to look like when you're putting that many resources towards one player, you know? Yep. I, I Yeah, that is kind of the no-brainer for me. I. And another thing was, I felt another player, and I don't get me wrong, I like Zay Jones. I think he's a really good number three wide receiver for the Raiders. Um, was a guy that I think just barely had over 500 receiving yards last year off the top of my head. But, you know, obviously after the whole Henry Ruggs situation, I just felt like this was one of those things where, you know, he had to step up him and Brian Edwards. And Zay Jones was a guy that had yeah, 47 catches, 546 yards and a touchdown. And he is getting the same amount of money as DJ Chark. Like, let that soak in. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. And I understand the idea of wanting to bring in a line help, uh, bring in wide receivers and all this stuff, but you got to do it. Like, I just, when you, especially when you get later down the road with a guy like um, Trevor Lawrence, when you get his big contract on the books, I feel like this could eat into it. So, but I mean, maybe this was driving the price up because there's not a, I guess, maybe, well, I mean, I don't say there's a ton of free agent wide receivers in this uh, class. There's a, this is one of the deepest uh, draft classes, I think, the last three years we've seen really deep draft classes. But I don't know. I just felt like that was that was one of the other signings. And also that um, Okun, I can never say any of those guys' names, like Pasade Okun from the uh, – uh, from the Falcons, like they they st- they signed him, which was kind of expensive, and they got rid of um, their starting middle linebacker. Oh, I'm blanking out at the top of my head. Um, but overall, uh, it was kind of one of those things where it was really shocking for me, um, and I just felt like it was just I don't know. I, it was you really wanted them to oh it was Miles Jack that's who it was yeah they released Miles Jack or they were going to because of Okun's contract and I'm just like okay. Mm-hmm. Miles Jack is one of the highest graded linebackers in the league, and he is rightfully earning that much money. And then you bring this other guy in, but I, I don't know. It's kind of shocking to me. Um, I will say another team that I felt is um, – now, it was only because of the one signing that we just talked about with uh, the Bills, but the one I, – I do think the Bills to a degree here because I know that they – but it's in a good way because, like you said, you need to get a guy's – attention like von miller you throw the you throw the entire wad at him you said hey you know and obviously that's what they did six years 120 million and again i don't think it's a bad thing when you get his kind of a presence uh i mean everywhere he goes he seems to bring super bowls uh i mean he's one for one with another team in in the rams and now he's gone to the Bills. so i and maybe this is another part of it too uh my is this like i don't know is this the thing is this finally the move that puts the bills over the top i think it's it's close. I think they, yeah, they, I don't think they have any competition in the East mm-hmm. for quite a while. So mm-hmm. who do they have to go against? I mean, they were good on defense and I think this, this gives them the edge. They have yeah. a leader. They have a, a proven, proven vet that's going to maybe take them, take them to the promised land. Yeah. And I feel like, okay. Yeah. Like we said, and we have said it from the very beginning, he's that guy that he's not in the prime of his career, but he seems to have that presence in a locker room uh, and the, and the rest of the way about it. Um, 
Now, one team that you think has not spent near enough money, I know I can think of, well, I want to say the Vikings, but I get it. They don't have any money to spend. So it's just, it is what it is. But what, who is a team that you just think that hasn't spent enough money that has, well, frankly, needed to? Well, I, I think, again, like with the Jags, it's pretty obvious, but the Saints have seen one, maybe two signings, nobody I recognize, and I think we all know what they're doing. They're loading up for you-know-who, yep. but um, yeah, I haven't haven't seen them do. I've checked, looked into all that today, and there's quite a few guys who spent a lot of money, and there's a few teams that really haven't, or the only one that I really saw was the Saints. You know, they just mm-hmm. really haven't. So. Yeah, and you're right. I do think to a degree, I mean, they were doing some moves to free up cap space like nobody's business at, you know, towards at one time I'm just sitting there, I'm like, okay, one day they freed like $8 million with uh, Turn Armstead or the other, or Ryan Ramchek, excuse me. The next day they freed up something like $12 million. I'm like, what are they, what are they saving for? This makes me a little nervous. Uh, and, uh, you know, like you said, we'll, we'll get to who we think they're going to, or at least in my mind is agreeing. Uh, but another team that I think has not spent enough money um, is the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, I know they went out and got J.C. Jackson. That's a big, obviously, that's a big ticket. But this team, uh, and especially Cleo Mack, too, that's another big signing here. So, um, and I forgot about that uh, as we were going. That was a little surprising, or more of a trade, sorry. But I felt like I was wanting them to kind of get in that right guard sweepstakes, guys like um, Lakin Tomlinson uh, from the 49ers, I believe also a former Lion, if I'm not mistaken, too, um, that has really turned his career around, or at least he's really played well these last couple of years. Um, and I just, honestly, I don't, I really wanted them to get some O-line help because the rest of it, like they got guys like Cody Filer and all those guys, Corey Lindsay, like they're fine. Rashawn Slater in the first round last year, but it's like, come on, like just sign another guard. You're done with it. Get, get a replacement right tackle at the very least. That was my reaction to it. But um, I mean, any thoughts? That defense, that Chargers defense on paper after they acquired Khalil Mack, they, it showed the like front seven and it's, it's pretty scary. I mean, mm-hmm. But even, you know, again, how long are they going to be able to afford to pay all of those guys? Because that's, you know, that's what, why the cap exists. But yeah, that whole division is going to be, I mean, it's going to be lights out. It's, I think yes. at this point with McDaniels, the new change that the that the Raiders are putting in, um, Devontae Adams certainly helps. And they've come a lot, lot further than I thought they would in the last couple of years. But that division is going to be sublime to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like, and I, it's one of those divisions that it's it, in the past, the NFC North has been like comes down to the very last game of the year, playoff implications, uh, you know, in games where, you know, I mean, my dad went to that the Vikings game a couple of years ago. Did I ever tell you about the story about how I, I ran into Everson Griffin on the street corner that one time and almost got my, got pummeled? Yeah. No. Was, <laughs> uh, well, I've already told uh, tell the story on my podcast uh, a little while back, but basically long story short, after the game, we ran into Everson Griffin and I, uh, <laughs> I said, dad, there's Everson Griffin over there on the corner. You know, I, I should go say, hi. he's like, who's Everson Griffin? And my dad, who's the biggest Vikings fan ever. I'm like, dad, just go away. So I walked up to Everson Griffin and my voice went 12 octaves higher as I was saying hi to him. And I asked him for a picture and he said, no, obviously I understood why that they just lost him into the playoffs, but that's my in a nutshell meeting of uh, Everson Griffin. Um, and uh, I will still, I would, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, now let's go to, uh, is there any other teams, I'm sorry, that you felt uh, spent too much or too little money? No. Um, the Pan- it doesn't look like the Panthers are really doing a lot, but I think they're, they're sitting back waiting, waiting for the Watson sweepstakes as well. Yeah. So they, they have made some signs, some of their own players and stuff but you know I think they're waiting to make a big splash they're gonna wait and see if they need to go trade in the draft or try to go after Wilson um Watson sorry and then what about Mayfield do you see Mayfield ending up as a Panther maybe you know that was actually going to be one of my biggest questions because I knew we were going to we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson a lot but like I had two parts to that question where is the ideal space for Mayfield and also who's the like quarterback that really fits in well with the Browns at this point. I, I honestly don't know if there is a quarterback. I, I, I thought about it for a while. Honestly, if I was going to pick a quarterback that 
was on uh, was at least our two quarterbacks was Kirk Cousins, but he just signed a monster contract with the Vikings. I doubt they're going to try to trade him away. It sounded like they tried to, couldn't get quite what they wanted. And also was another guy was Carson Wentz who went to the Commanders for two thirds, basically two bags of chips is basically what he went to the Commanders for, which was, I mean, yeah, I get it, uh, but overall. I felt like if we're answering the question of as it pertains to Baker Mayfield, I just, I don't know because the Panthers just got done with an experiment of a guy like Sam Darnold that they thought was going to work out and end up being a big deal. And I'm, I'm going to stand right in front of the bus here and admit that I was also one of those people like, yeah, Sam Darnold is going to be great. Didn't end up like that. Uh, but I do think, because I felt he was on the jets. Give me a break. You know, I, you know, now Zach Wilson's there, but overall um, I truly believe that, Baker is not, he's not the kind of quarterback that elevates a team. Now he is, I think he is, you can win a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield. Now I don't know if the question is uh, if he's that top tier quarterback that can necessarily lead you there. Again, I think he's that guy you can win one with. If it's pretty much perfect, got a great defense, good running game, and he can make there be there to orchestrate things in a, in an effective way. Yes. I think he's that guy, but I don't think he's the guy that is going to put them over the top. So um you know what? But what, what I mean, what are your thoughts? What, who, what is the best possible scenario for a guy like Baker Mayfield and even the Browns? I mean, when I think about it, where the Browns remind me of the old Lions, as far as they've they've wasted so many resources, and now it seems like everything they were trying is starting to implode. You know, they're starting to lose key guys in free agency. They have turmoil. Baker's not happy there. They've had a couple coaching changes, um, and it wasn't that long ago that they had all the picks in the world to build this team with, you know, and how many of them guys are still on the team. So mm -hmm. I think it starts at that GM level, the front office, whatever they're doing, it's not working. And so for me, like like you said, the Sam Darnold thing, what do the Panthers have to lose by trying trying somebody new in there? Well, nothing, because that's where they were when when they started. So with Mayfield, I feel like his ceiling was a lot higher. Oklahoma's a pretty good program, right? Yeah. So if you can get him to a good franchise or somebody that can, you know, get him where he needs to be or give him what he needs, who knows? But we haven't seen that yet. He did have some good weapons there, but maybe he didn't have the the belief or the right right system. It's hard to say exactly what. We don't know all the intricate workings of how that works. But is he washed up yet? I think it's too early to see if if if. Carson Wentz is getting third, fourth chances. I mean, Baker Mayfield's certainly worth another look on a different team. I mean, yeah. look at they wrote him off for 10 years. He's out the door and he has a ring on his finger already. So that's true. I, the biggest thing for me, though, is if he goes to the Panthers, now the Panthers have weapons, uh, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, um, guys, uh, Christian McCaffrey, I have said it from the very beginning, and I'll continue to say it. Teams, I think it was actually Daniel Jeremiah, or who I think it was either Daniel Jeremiah or somebody from NFL Network that pointed out championship running backs don't like uh, running backs that win a championship aren't highly paid. Uh, guys like James White from the Patriots, uh, I think LeGarrette Blount was a, a name that came up with the Eagles a couple of years back, Damian Williams for, with the Chiefs a couple of years ago, even. Um, this last year. Now, Joe Mixon is kind of an anomaly. I mean, I didn't win, but I mean, he made it there. Uh, but if you think about, uh, you know, who was it? Like Josh Kelly, all those guys uh, for the Rams last year. So there's not top running backs that actually get paid and win Super Bowl. So um, as it pertains to Christian McCaffrey, I mean, they've tried trading him in the past. Uh, I think it's important to try to get, because a guy like Chuba Hubbard, who was drafted literally in the fourth round last year, I would argue was more valuable to them than Christian McCaffrey was for the time he was on the field. Like Chuba Hubbard was very respectable in, in terms of catching the football, running the football, and as a blocker too. Like he was, I mean, his value for what he was able to play on the field as opposed to Christian McCaffrey in his availability, I would argue it's at least similar in terms of value or maybe Chuba has him by a little bit. But overall, I, my question, I guess, what if he goes to the Panthers um, on paper? are the Panthers a better football team than the Browns? Because he couldn't make it with the Browns. Like he wasn't able to get to the playoffs with the Browns. Now the Panthers have um, a good defense, like just fast, agile, you know, Brian Burns, uh, Jeremy Chin, all those boys. They did lose a son, Reddick though. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what they're going to do with that uh, to fill that edge piece. But overall, they've got an exciting defense. But on offense, I felt like they just needed a guy to orchestrate and kind of fill it out. Now, 
Baker Mayfield was injured last year. I think he was kind of going through a shoulder injury. So I think that needs to be considered as well. But I think it would be interesting to start him out at the Panthers to see what happens. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Your quarterback is the worst player on your team or it just isn't it? Okay, that's what the Panthers have been dealing with for the last couple of years. Now, I will raise one more question. I don't know if Matt Rule and the current GM of the Panthers can, like, I don't know if they can uh, stand there for another year uh, and be uh, Scott Fitterer. That's who it was. Um, if Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer, I don't know if they can stay there another year and not uh, and not produce or at least get them to the playoffs. Your thoughts? Um, maybe the Panthers were a bad example, but I was oh. just trying to see where he might fit. I just had a really interesting match, but on That's the true. Panthers, I, I more see them probably losing out on Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I see them probably drafting their next quarterback. I see him going after uh, Malik Willis probably. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, you're right. If if they don't do something or have a really good excuse, they're probably not going to be there next year. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I see them starting out. That'll buy them some more time and trying to develop or mm-hmm. ride with whoever whoever they draft. But um, Seattle, I think, might be a pretty big thing. Yeah, for uh, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's made made a lot out of a little bit. Um, you know, at USC, he was the quarterback whispering, made a lot of those USC guys look pretty good. And where are most of them? Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. <laughs> it's, uh, the guys like Matt Leinart and all those boys, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was, they're probably not in the league anymore, to be honest with you. But um, good name. that's exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> really? Oh, nice. Okay. Thank God. Because I was like, that's the only USC quarterback I could think of. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a good point because, I mean, that would be interesting. The Seahawks are starting over. They really don't got um, – they don't have a lot. Uh, Rashad Penny, uh, DJ – or DJ – DK Metcalf, um, and all those boys. So, I don't know. That is really interesting. I will say, though, Russell Wilson, he was the only – I feel like he was the only player that made them relevant for the last decade. So, I don't know. Maybe that's just my own Minnesota Vikings always losing to them way of thinking, but it's just how it is. Um as far as one free agent, quality free agent that you feel like the Vikings or uh, more specifically, excuse me, the Detroit Lions should sign, who is somebody that's still on the block that you're like, okay, he could come in uh, with a valuable contract and give a little something, something to the Vikings. As far as somebody that's left, um, maybe Bobby Wagner, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, pretty much everybody else I was hope, really, really hoping for was franchise tagged or signed. There's a lot of talk about the safety from the Saints, Marcus Williams. Um, they were pretty much saying it was a done deal, and he ended up going to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, as far as that goes, Allen Robinson, I heard, heard a lot about him. Um, yeah. And for me, like I said, since he's been – in Jacksonville I haven't seen him do a whole lot so I wasn't hoping they were going to overpay him yeah uh, but more defensive help than anything um and you know we're kind of kind of seeing how the how everything's fallen and how this draft might actually pan out now just based based on who's left and what's going on here mm-hmm. um yeah I mean as, as far as that goes I, I'd like to see him grab Bobby Wagner they do need the linebacker help but um, they're going to address that position in the draft as well. But I think he'd be a good leadership. You know, he's there probably isn't nothing he hasn't seen at this point. But is he worth the money he's going to command? Mm-hmm. Um, off the top of my head, you know, there's been, like we said, we talked about a lot of players. Um, I specifically think um, now the corner for New England a couple of days ago, I was asked something on my channel. Um, I want to say, oh, Stephen Gilmore. I'm sorry, I can't think tonight. Um, I, the question keeps coming up to me is like, is he still a top end player? I don't know. Um, now this could be for the Vikings or the Lions. Now, I mean, because I'm Jeff Okuda, I, I think he's there's still still there's still something you can salvage there. It's just because I think you want to as a former top ten pick, you want to get a guy that you know at least bring him back and say, hey, what could they do? Like, there's got to be you can't just give up on that completely. I feel like you have to really. Uh, give it one last shot but overall I do feel like he's a guy to look after now the Vikings in my mind I he, now we put out something on this podcast all things covered uh, Patrick Peterson uh, put out something and you know last year they signed him to like an eight million dollar deal I think it was or six million dollar deal with two million incentives and I'm like I mean he's okay he played well for the Vikings down the stretch but it was also one of those things where you know 
They've got Cameron Dantzler. Um, you know, they haven't, I don't think they made any signings for corner so far this year, but um, they've got some guys back there uh, that I'm like, okay, it wouldn't be the worst if they, if they signed him, but it's also a, a, one of those things where I, I do see the Vikings with their first pick taking a corner, um, you know, whether it's Sauce Gardner, Trent McDuffie, if he falls that far, I'm not sure yet uh, how the board's going to look because I've seen so many mock drafts of, of, of what, who could potentially fall, but you know, um, even if Derek Stanley Jr. falls that far, I doubt it. I highly doubt it, but we'll have to see. Um, that, that, that was at least a, a corner in my mind because it's arguably the Vikings' biggest position of need um, that I felt was kind of interesting to look at because, I mean, Xavier Rhodes, I thought of him about him the other day and about how uh, now he was a great player. He was an all pro at one point, and then obviously the fall off and how convenient it was that every time he got burned, he got hurt. I just was like, I, I was just like, I don't know. It's just something I noticed, something I noticed the other day. It was kind of funny to me, but um, now if we can kind of jump back here now, we, we, we kind of teased it a little bit earlier in the episode talking about um, teams that should trade for Deshaun Watson. Now I know you've got a lot to say about this because we were just um, really kind of really um, going over it a little bit, but what are your thoughts on a team that has really flirted with the idea? It looks like pretty much a lock to either trade for Deshaun Watson or at least, um, I try him. Definitely, definitely. I think I think they seen the writing on the wall, and that's why they've been reworking everybody's contracts. They knew what their situation was a long time ago between Jameis Winston, um, Hill, anybody else they had behind center. I mean, they knew it was just temporary, and them kind of being in limbo with uh, Drew Brees gone and now Sean Payton. They're looking at the the future of their franchise. Where are they going to go now? And with uh, Deshaun Watson's legal issues kind of cleared up, it looks like what, you know, they're going to go all in. And it mm -hmm. seems like they put themselves in the best position. And it seems like a good fit because you think of him and it seems like he really wants to stay in the South and you give a quarterback a choice. Where does he want to play? Now I've heard he's really torn or read that he's really torn between where he wants to go. And I think ultimately um, Carolina would probably give up more to get him but I'm pretty sure that all for New Orleans. Yeah, I, that's interesting. And I, I honestly feel like, and I could be wrong, Jeremiah, so call me out if I'm completely wrong here, but I felt like Deshaun Watson was one of those guys that he was a lot like Russell Wilson in that he was the only reason that the Houston Texans were even in the playoffs are relevant for that short amount of time. And we saw what happens when they completely, like they traded away New Hopkins, obviously what happened last year, like it has been a disaster with what is with him leaving. Now, um, obviously I do agree with you uh, in terms of the Panthers giving up the most because I feel like between the Panthers and the Saints, they've got the most to lose in terms of they could fire their coach and GM as early as next season. Like that could legitimately happen. I mean, Dennis Allen coming in for the saints. I've heard, uh, you know, whether it's Daniel Jeremiah, Ian Rappaport, all those boys talking about that. He's probably just a stopgap kind of a guy, but if he's not, I mean, that would be big to bring in a guy like Deshaun Watson too. So now I need to ask a question. Um, what is, now this is kind of off the cuff. Cause I'm just thinking about it at least for three first round draft picks for a guy like Deshaun Watson. But my question is, what is too much for Deshaun Watson? Like, what is backbreaking? Can't do it. Uh, I, I honestly don't know that there is a limit for me because we saw what he could do. And yeah, exactly. And it's been a while since we've seen what he can do. So I think a lot of people, I mean, it's even hazy to me. I just know that I would give them whatever they required to get him as my team's quarterback. I don't think, I think the Russell Wilson deal, I'd give up more. I mean, mm -hmm. wait, just to get, him because look what he accomplished with on the Texans and they did have some decent receivers but nobody to write home about I mean awful offensive line oh. right, right and JJ Watt I mean kind of in his swan song I mean that was that was pretty much it I mean and so he was the face of that franchise and yeah I mean I think he's going to come back he's going to have something to prove he's got a chip on his shoulder and um yeah I think I think he's uh I would give up anything to have him as my team's quarterback yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, and I feel like he's one of those guys that overall, 
again, we saw what he could do with all of that non-talents. But so if you put him with a team like the Saints, who, I mean, they've got at least a very good offensive line. I think they're going to bring some pieces together. And again, that's the thing about the tough thing about quarterbacks these days is they're massive contracts. And that's something I think Deshaun Watson would bring. But at the end of the day, I feel like it would be worth it. Like I, I, you, you spend, and, and this is, oh, I, I've seen it throughout all NFL teams. They look for that one guy that's their franchise guy. They can hang their head on. Okay, we have a quarterback, the most important position in the league. Now let's build everything else. Because I don't know, I feel like that's just kind of the starting point. And unfortunately, you know, I think a lot of NFL teams and good coaches, I, I'm going to get some hate from this because I know Vikings fans don't really like, didn't really like it. But Mike Zimmer was, to me, was actually an okay coach. Now, was he great? No, he was not a great coach, but he was a good coach. Like when you talk about a guy that was one of the best defensive coordinators from, for a long time in the league, for a long time, um, and got the most out of a lot of players. But at the same time, I don't think he was clearly not the best in terms of overall managing of everything around him. But I will say, you know, with a good coach, uh, a superstar quarterback, I feel like most NFL teams could win. And I'm, I'm not sure what Dennis Allen is, but I think it wouldn't be long before the Saints are in contention uh, if they did trade for Deshaun Watson. Now, I uh, again, I, again, I don't think there's a, a limit. Like if they said, if it's a Herschel Walker type situation where you give up picks for like the next few, seems like the next decade, I mean, Deshaun Watson is going to be around for that long. He's going to be potentially competing for a Super Bowl for that long. Well, exactly. And, and well, and everybody else kind of set, set the bar. It's like, okay, if, if you're going to get that much for Russell Wilson, what do you, you know, if that's what they got for Russell Wilson, what are you going to give me for Deshaun Watson? But if mm -hmm. he isn't going to play, who has more leverage, the Texans or Deshaun Watson? Mm. That's a tough one. That's a really good question. <laughs> Cause I feel like, I mean, if it doesn't, if man doesn't play, yeah, it, it would be uh, Deshaun Watson in my mind, just because like, I mean, he's getting paid no matter what. Like he's still getting that 30, that chunk of change, whatever. So that's tough though. That's that's really tough when you I don't know. I, I don't know where the Texans went wrong ever since Bill O'Brien uh, you know, traded away. I still don't get that logic. Nick Hopkins for I, I know that was a while ago, but I just I'm I'm this far removed and I still can't understand that trade, but it is what it is at this point. Um let's see here. Uh, let's as we move forward here, um I'm actually going to cut off the recording right here, Jeremiah, because I'm going to come back because it looks like it's going to get close to that 45 minute range. So, so I feel like as we head into the kind of one of the final things here, this is kind of something that uh, the Lions, again, we were just talking about it, how a franchise quarterback can completely make an inept or not inept or a, a least prepared franchise or one that doesn't have quite as much things shored up look like it's a contender, uh, i.e. the Houston Texans, the Seahawks for another example. Um, now, in your mind, heading into the draft or, you know, whether it's a dream scenario, whatever it is, who do you think the ideal quarterback is for the Detroit Lions at this point? Um, in the league now, I would like to see somebody, um, as far as the draft or anybody new, I'm really hoping they wait till next year to draft their quarterback of the future, just because I think they're very thin and weak this year. This crop of QBs, I, I'm, this class is pretty weak in my opinion. Yep. Next year, next year, it looks, it looks a lot better. Um, ideally current players in the league right now. Um, I'd love to have somebody like Josh Allen, um, obviously Deshaun Watson mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, I always wanted a uh, Michael Vick. Yeah. Know? I think it's important to be able to do both. And I think all those guys would be great fits, you know, in the Honolulu blue, but uh, with anybody at this point, I think, you know, Stafford, I think he's more prototypical and mm -hmm. he did his thing for all them years. So, and he proved that you don't need to be able to run to mm -hmm. win in this yeah. day and age, but it, I think it's, it's, it gives you more options. It's more fun to watch if you have a mobile quarterback. So, yeah. well, and that was the thing I was thinking about it. Now, I I, I agree with you uh, in thinking that like the with the Lions at number two, there's not a single quarterback that I I am like a hundred percent comfortable taking at number two. So, okay. So is it more valuable for the Lions to get a quarterback like Malik Willis at number two or, you know, Desmond Ritter or whoever they're in love with or the, the, the quarterback they like the most out of this class? Or is it better for them to get uh, help along the defensive line, Is it uh, whether it's Thibodeau or getting a guy um, like Hamilton from uh, Notre Dame, the safety that is, I think, is going to be a very good NFL player. So I think when we're talking just about impact, 
I feel like you would be, if you're not a hundred percent sure on quarterbacks in this particular draft class, you have two options. Number one, if you feel like you really want to take a quarterback, but you're not comfortable, I think you could trade down from two, but make sure you get a haul. I'm talking obviously the, the other team's first round draft pick, but you better get at least a second, a third, and then maybe something else after that and some change because if you're not comfortable or, or not necessarily sold on a quarterback at two, you either draft a player that like Hamilton or um, Derek Stanley Jr. I really like him. I think he's going to be a really good corner. Um, and then after that, you make your decision because I feel like, you know, I've really thought about it a lot, especially for a franchise. Nobody expects the Lions to compete this year. And I would argue maybe even next year as well, because rebuilds take a while. But I feel like if they are truly going to look at the long-term scope of their team uh, that has like many NFL teams has had a difficulty finding a, a free uh, a franchise quarterback like the Vikings. Um, I feel like they are in a position or, Hey, I don't care. BPA, who is the best player on the board? Take him. Let's go, you know, let's go to lunch type of a deal. Like that's, that's done, you know? So I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? And just the idea of taking the best player available and then just letting that, cause Jared Goff went to like Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl with the Rams. Nobody thinks about that. Uh, at least the people I talk to, nobody else brings that up. And I'm like, listen, he's not a, he's not Matt Stafford. He's not, you know, that's why the Rams traded for him and everything. He's not uh, Michael Vick. He's not uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's not all that, but he is, good enough to obviously to bring them to where they need to go. Yeah. There's no free agent quarterback or anybody in this draft that I would start over Jared Goff. Now, mm -hmm. do I want to see him as our quarterback for the next five or 10 years? There's flashes where I wouldn't mind it so much, um, but no, it's Hutchison or bust. If he's not there, um, Hamilton would be great, but I think Brad Holmes is much more capable than the past regime. Um, you know, and if that doesn't fit what they're looking for, um, a lot of them Georgia boys mm. would, would do pretty well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd like to see him move back because I think all them guys I just named would probably be available slot six, slot eight, you know, some, somewhere in there. Mm. Um, and I do see somebody probably going to get a quarterback, somebody we've talked about before. And so I think it's, I think whoever they get best player available we definitely need safety help with the way things have gone so far um that wouldn't hurt my feelings any um i'm a Notre dame fan as well so i mean that's that would fit fit the fit the bill there i'd be okay with that but that's a high pick for a safety so that is but i mean but if you watch the tape on him like everybody tells me that it's high pick for a free safety but i feel like and everybody also gets hung up on his 40 time which is like a four six one i think my thing is is like i don't care what you run for a 40, I really don't care because very rarely, um, well, unless something terribly, something either very good or very terrible has gone wrong for your team. You, you shouldn't as a safety have to run more than, you know, you shouldn't have to run 40 yards unless you're batting down a ball or chasing down a guy that just burned you. So, I mean, the, I, I, I don't really care about the 40 time of four, six. So if there, if that's a hang up for him, trade back and get a quality safety because Again, I do think it comes down to, at this point, there's way more positions of need that you could address and still get. I mean, second round, Carson Strong is there. I mean, it could. there's worse things. You could have Christian Ponder as your starting quarterback for years. So there's worse things that you could go through. Um, you know, so I don't know. I just feel like in my mind, best player, if it's not Kyle Hamilton, you know, if you're, if you're the next highest guy on your board is gone or you don't really see it as a position of need, a trade back, uh, a crew draft capital, because if you're the Lions, you are in a rebuild. You are, uh, you're in a position where there's a lot of other, um, and especially if you have draft capital like the Lions do, you can really gauge to where move up and down the draft to get guys where you want them. And, and if you trade back, we're talking about, you know, you could go move back up into the first round for another third or another first round pick or moving back or, you know, so I don't know. I just feel like the question now becomes what you want to do um, in that regard. But yeah, I, I, I would say it's interesting. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot better quarterbacks in next year's draft as well. So again, I would be uh, more comfortable uh, in that regard, but anything else you'd like to bring up, uh, you know, free agency, anything that's kind of caught your eye, uh, things you want the Lions to do, anything else? As far as, as far as that goes, I think whatever they do, it's, it's going to better the team. They're not in a position, say, when they did draft Jeff Okuda. Bob Quinn said they were open for business. Nobody needed to or wanted to trade, you know, trade with them, and they end up drafting Okuda, and here we are, you know, waiting yeah. to see if he's going to pan out or not. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I, I think – they have so many holes on the roster 
they can improve everywhere. And so no matter what they do or don't do, they're still going to benefit because they, they have to, I mean, they have all them picks, they're going to pick somebody and they're probably going to be better than what they do or don't have. So, yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I do think, you know, it is that that's an interesting point. You brought up Jeff Okuda that brought up a question for me. I'm sorry to drag this out, but um, I feel like a guy like Jeff Okuda Former, uh, like, I think a third round pick, I think our firm or third overall pick, excuse me, that like we talked about um, a guy in that regard, like if you're not sold, like this is one of those drafts where I'm, I'm not sold. I know this is going to sound bad, but I'm really not sold on anybody for like the first 10 picks. Like you could get, I know, don't get me wrong at after five, I'm real. I really like Derek Stingley Jr. I really like sauce Gardner. Um, you know, I like Charles cross, uh, I came and Kwanu, all those boys, but I just, number one, like scares me. Like if you want to go with Aiden Hutchinson at one, you know, pull the trigger, but I just, I don't know. I just felt like we saw more polarizing and more pro ready players in the past uh, that I'm, I'm a little gun shy about taking some of these, you know, and I almost feel like this is going to be a draft that everybody's going to really like everybody else sees what everybody else does, but like, this is going to be a draft where I was like, let's see what everybody else does before we make a move. But I don't know. Well, that's, and that's just because you're not a Lions fan. And here's why Jalen, Jalen Reeves Maben just went to the Texans today. And that is the last person on the Lions roster to be a complete washout from the 2017 draft. That whole class is not on the Lions roster. Really? Yeah. I mean, they, they picked all, I think there were seven of them, something like that. And not one of them. I mean, Jalen Reeves Maben was a special teamer and, you know, maybe a couple, you know, a few snaps a game, or I think last year he got a little more usage, but um, I'm excited just because I'm Brad Holmes is a lot more capable. Um, I agree. And I think they're going to be able to go. I mean, the offense seems like it's pretty set now. I would like to see him pick up Julio Jones. Um, That'd be interesting. Yeah. With him being hurt, I didn't, I wasn't really surprised that they let him go and it's not like they really need him. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, the Lions have picked up some savvy veterans over the years. They had Bolden there for, for a year, um, and he rocked it, man. He was a huge mm-hmm. red zone at him. Um, and they picked up a few other years that have actually worked out for him. So um, I'd like to see them grab him just to, mm-hmm. just a little more depth, a little more leadership to show those new 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 receivers what's going on. Um, but, yeah, I think – I. They can go defense, run the table with defense in the draft and uh, go from there. That is interesting. Um, I, I do have to agree with you. There was a tight end. I know uh, there was a tight end back in the day by the Lions that was like 6'8", but he, all he did was ever catch touchdown passes. It was like Foria or Jacob yeah, Foria. Foria, and then he yeah. did the back boys dance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was just, yeah. I don't know why, but you talked that just brought that up in my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, there's that guy that like caught like three touchdowns against the Vikings in like two games. And I'm like, whatever happened to him? But I don't know. Sorry, that just popped up in my head as we were talking. But since I have you here, Jeremiah, I have to ask one more thing of you. Um, I've been doing this segment where I've been grading the 2021 draft class uh, for every respective NFL team. And since I got a Lions fan on on board, just can, I'm gonna name a player and I want you to tell me from this last year's draft. Just your original thoughts, you know, maybe some things you noticed and all that good jazz. So, number one, obviously, Penny Sewell uh, drafted seventh overall, I believe. Um, you know, obviously, a big guy that was I, – I, people had him going in the top five. But what was your uh, general thoughts on Penny Sewell? Initially, if it's not a skill player, it's hard to get really excited about. But with the, with the new coach, the new GM, everything coming in um, – you know, especially with him, I don't know if he was hurt that year. Or, yeah, he took the year off or whatever. So I wasn't super excited, but the way he played this this last season, um, he's everything he was advertised as. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard to find a player that lives up to the hype. And he's, I mean, I've seen him go square off with Aaron Donald this season. I mean, I know he, I was like, he's everything and all that in a bag of chips, man. He's great. I know. I love it too. I saw that too. I'm like, I love that. I, this is like, you could sell tickets to that fight. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, um, uh, but uh, Levi on Wuzuriki, it took me 17,000 tries to get that name right too. Uh, but Levi and Wuzuriki, the former defensive tackle, I want to say it was something like Washington off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, Levi and Wuzuriki. Um, I think he was the third round pick. Does that sound right? So let me check here. I'm sorry. I, I have to set, uh, whoops. 
Sorry, I clicked the wrong thing. He was a second round pick, just as just like Ali McNeil was. He was number forty one overall. Okay, um, I give him. I'd say he didn't quite live up to hype. I'd probably say that was a B minus, maybe a C somewhere in there. Um, you know, and and I think maybe a little more development. He might he might come around and be be a little better. But yeah, and I mean that was obviously the big thing for the Lions is they they just doubled down and tripled down on 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 the trenches, and you love to see that. So I mean that was. I mean, Dan Quinn was pretty transparent with what he wanted to do, and that was with his next pick, too, Aline McNeil from North Carolina State. Uh, what was your grade for Aline McNeil or thought? Um, I'd give him a good solid B. Um, he definitely needs to work on stopping the run. But, um, yeah, I definitely think that he is going to be a, 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 show, a pivotal – not a pivotal. Like, he's going to be a prevalent piece of that defense for yeah. first and come, I think. So. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought out of those three picks, obviously it goes Sewell was the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but McNeil was a guy that like, he, he had the most production other than not named Sewell out of that. Um, and so then after that, it was uh, Ifatu Melifonan, <laughs> the Melifon- corner from Syracuse. Yep, yep. Um, I'd probably say he was, uh, I think he ended up hurt too. They had a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did, he did show some pretty good flashes. I'd probably give him a, yeah. D C plus something okay. like that. Um, I'm on say Brown. I think I know what this one's going to be. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's obviously a, an a anytime. And that's one thing the lions do have a knack, no matter who's going on there, they do find quality receivers in later rounds. I mean, like I said, Kenny Galladay was a third round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Rob was fourth, I think. So, I mean, it's, you know, they do find him. Golden Tate did, was he drafted by the lions too, or? No, Golden Tate, I think he was drafted by the Seahawks because he was a Seahawk before that's he was right. done with the Lions. So that's right. I I apologize. My that's why I'm saying this guy knows more than I do. Um Derek Barnes, linebacker out of Purdue. I'd give that a B plus, if not an A minus. I like that guy. He's uh I think he's gonna be another another one of those. I it's good to see these draft picks starting to stick. You know, you can't hit on everyone, but when you're starting to hit more often than than miss, that's that's you know, your franchise is starting to look up. You can re-sign your own players and build from there. When you're when you're picking these guys and they're not in the league a couple of years later, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And then finally, uh Jermar Jefferson running back Oregon State. He did. I saw a lot of him in the preseason and I saw him a couple more times and he has, he has some go on him. Um, it's good to see a fresh pair of legs before it's, you know, ran into the ground after a couple of years, but uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, it's, I mean, I, if I had to put a grade on it, it'd probably be a, a C plus or something. Those later round yeah. picks, do they really count. I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're more of those special team guys or, you know, I, guys that usually sometimes don't even make the roster. So it's, you know, you, you bank on guys that just have those athletic traits that you like to see. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, sorry about the noise I'm in the background. My beautiful wife is making dinner and I, uh, for which I'll have to do dishes uh, for later, but that's just how it goes in married life. But um, yeah, uh, you know, that's, that's all I kind of had in terms of um, just kind of what I, uh, what I want to discuss, but man, I really appreciate you coming on a lot of fun. Uh, and I, again, a guy that every time I see him, uh, whether it's uh, you know, going around when I come back from home with family, there's a, there's a competent football fan. I always, I almost, I almost kind of look for you sometimes because I'm like, man, there's nobody to talk football here with because I just, dad is, you know, dad gave up. Everybody else is just like, ugh. But I, I really appreciate you for coming on. I mean, I'm really excited to have you on in the future. Maybe degrade the Detroit Lions draft class this year. Do it. Okay, awesome. Well, once again, I appreciate you for coming on, my man. Um, and we will, uh, we'll leave it there for our uh, 93rd episode of the Sports Brief podcast. Uh, and uh, we will let it go. With that, peace out. Thanks.